Welcome, everyone. It's our week one edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host. Also checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, we have our co-host, executive producer, and we're going to test her this week on her third job, chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. Oh, no. I even got the notes and I have not prepared. <laughs> All right. that's. I one. sacrificed my researcher duties to go to a Weird Al concert last night, so I figured it was worth it. You know, I approve of that choice. I have to say. <laughs> it was weird. It's appropriately named. I've been told that. I have a board gaming friend who looks a little bit like Weird Al and loves Weird <laughs> Al. That's what he says. So I didn't do any research going into this, but I should have because apparently this tour he's on right now is a tour he just said, heck it on. We're going to play all of our favorite songs that nobody likes to hear because they're not popular. So it was all the not hits to <laughs> uh, something. With that's something. I think that's usually a bad idea, but it's something. <laughs> they were well played. They were good songs to listen to. They were just odd. <laughs> and on that note, the season has started this past weekend. We finally have actual data. The computer geek in me is pumped. <laughs> I can tell you're doing your excited, slightly higher than normal voice. Yes. And the Vuelta a España started this week. I have bike racing to watch. It's, it's really the best week all around for yeah. you. That's the tour of Spain by those of you who do not speak España. I don't think you definitely don't speak Spanish because it is not España. No, I do That's not speak the country. <laughs> the language is Espanol. And we are now about what? A week away from college football too. Everything's starting to roll, baby. Picking up. Speaking of my Tour of Spain bike race, of course, and this will make sense to all of you, it started in the Netherlands this year. Mm -hmm. Obviously. <laughs> Very mountainous area, just like Spain, I believe. I was intrigued. They had a day they started at 10 meters above sea level. For those of you that don't know your metric system, that is approximately one first down, about 10 yards above sea level. Yeah. Slightly more, but not much. And it finished. 15 meters above sea level rose a whole five meters i'm guessing it wasn't flat the whole way um you may be guessing wrong really <laughs> they were in the netherlands but the sponsor of the king of the mountains jersey demanded there be a mountain climb so they can give out the jersey so they found a slight incline 70 meters high in the country <laughs> there was a Hard chug for that one. Of course, some guy from the Netherlands won it and is now the king of the mountains in the Tour of Spain for going over a highway overpass or something like that in the Netherlands. King of the Dutch mountains. So I was wondering, did you ever, and apparently not since you were at a Weird Al concert, <laughs> if you had looked up what the highest point in the Netherlands is, because I'm a little afraid. It might be that 70 meter point. <laughs> I don't think so, but it could be. In the Netherlands, the Valserberg um, is a hill with a height of 322.4 meters above NAP, which I'm guessing is sea level. If I remember right, I think Minster is something like 900 feet above sea level. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. And I think it drops all the way down to maybe 600 feet where it dumps into Lake Erie up at Toledo. That's pretty low, folks. Oh boy, I another fun fact about the Valserberg. 
It's basically Belgium. They really had to stretch out the border of the Netherlands to get there. It's one of those weird gerrymandering shapes where it feels like there's maybe 10 miles of country that you're in, and then on either side is two different countries. So like 200 years ago, there was some peace treaty, and some guy said, you know, we need a hill in the Netherlands, so we need to carve out this little part of Belgium and keep that for us. It's the location of the tri-point between Germany, Belgium, and the Netherlands, or the Dreidland point, the three-country point. Oh, I thought you said dried land, you know, if it's that high. I, I, I never took German. My pronunciation in Spanish might be okay, but the German is never going to be good. So the next question is, if they have a whole section of the country that's 10 and 15 meters above sea level, <laughs> where do they measure sea level? High tide? Low tide? In the middle? You would think one good strong tide with a wave on it would wipe out half the country. Well... The NAP, as I estimated, was sea level, is actually the Amsterdam Ordinance Datum, or the Normal Amsterdam's Pale. Again, not, not good with the language. It's a reference for the United European Leveling Network. All I know about this is I'm thinking, you know, a, a really cushy job might be the head of the whatever European Union Leveling Commission or whatever that was. United European Leveling Network, yeah. That sounds like a good job. Good pay. No one knows what you do. You could probably you know, update the website once a year. So. Yeah. So I'm going to call that sea level in the Netherlands. All right. That's good enough for me. Enough dawdling. Let's do football. <laughs> We're starting with Division Two like normal, Rebecca. Excellent. And since computer points aren't going to be real big this week yet, we're mostly concerned with who won and who lost. Mm-hmm. And since we're positive people, we're mostly concerned with who won. So, Division Two, Region 8, 28 teams, only 11 winners of those 28 teams this week. Now, the good news is, with 16 teams making the playoffs, even if all 11 of those teams go on to make the playoffs, there's still five openings for teams that lost in week one to move up into the postseason yet. So, cool. if you're Lima Senior, Pickler, Troy, who won, hey, hey, you're looking like a playoff team already. If you're Sydney, who was defeated... Well, you still have hope, right? On to Division Three. We're keeping things moving this week, hopefully. Quick and snappy. Gives us that, plenty of time to get distracted by other topics. That could happen. Division Three, Region 10, 12 winners out of the 26 teams. The only one we care about is Defiance. Of course, I them. looked it up. Defiance won this year. They also won last year. They ended up three and seven, missed the playoffs. So beating Napoleon is not enough to quite get you there. Defiance needs to do a little better in the WBL this year if they want to see the play. When you say they won last year, do you mean against the team they were playing against or yes, the first won, game of the they season? They won their first game against Napoleon last year, just as they did this year. So. Oh, okay. Napoleon actually went four and six last year. They actually got some good points from that game. I'm anticipating they may not get as many this year, but we'll see. No. Uh, just just from what I'm hearing up Napoleon way. We shall see. Oh, and our first off topic. Okay. I was actually asked a question about last week's podcast. Oh, you found a fan in the wild. Uh, in Columbus, actually. In a bar. Go figure. Was it perhaps our regular listener from Columbus or someone brand new? Somebody new. Oh, exciting. Apparently, we're making inroads with uh, your uncle's friends in Columbus. Fantastic. Okay. Not your uncle who has quit driving for work and therefore stopped listening. So just <laughs> hit him up on that. 
Yeah, he doesn't send me any pictures of the highway exits of the towns we've talked about anymore. Yes, I'm very disappointed in him. <laughs> All right, so what is our fan question? We had different bumper music than normal last week. He said, what was that? Now, Rebecca, I'm sure, never listened to the actual podcast. I sure don't. I'm trying it. to guess. Was it like the the national anthem of a bike rider who won a race? Absolutely. As Excellent. The long-term listener might know, and Rebecca's his long-term listener of all of them. It was the national anthem of Denmark in honor of Jonas Vingago, who won the Tour de France. So we had a question. We have an answer. Back to Division Three, Region 11. We follow one team in that region. 12 of the 24 teams there won, and one of them was Bell Fountain, who we follow. They have a big game here in week two. They play Coldwater. So keep an eye on Bell Fountain next week. So we're over... happy to be riding a high going into that one. Yeah, winning the that momentum game you could, can get. Yeah, winning that game could really send them the big. Yep, in the they'd be sitting pretty points. for sure. Over in Region 12, 27 teams there, only 10 winners. Sounds like a weak region. They were playing outside their region. How dare they? Ooh, and I have a misprint on my notes already, I see. Digital notes once again, no paper wasted. <laughs> Tip City Tippecanoe was a winner, and Elida was a winner. We had one, two, three, four, five other teams we follow who lost, so a bad start for our teams in Region 12 here. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's bound to happen, but you... You always root for your teams to win. Yep. But somebody's got to lose. By the way, it was a little, had a little uh, real life intrude on our computer points this week. I just had to do all kinds of changing to my spreadsheet for tracking such things. There has been a strike of teachers in the Columbus City Schools. I've heard. Now, I don't know if the problem is that football coaches are also teachers or if the school boards have canceled extracurriculars to try to generate some kind of resolution i don't i know. would hope that the coaches if they don't also have jobs as teachers would be included in, in the teachers union but I, would, I don't know i would think you're probably right but i don't know but anyway all the columbus city schools canceled their games for this week after playing their week one games so all the teams that were supposed to play them had to scramble and find new opponents and they did it by Monday night. So this must have been uh, anticipated and prepared for, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I saw it coming as well. I saw some whispers on my corners of the internet going around ahead of the strike, talking about the conditions they were dealing with on a daily basis. So I wasn't terribly surprised. Yep, I don't know all the details. I did a little research. Sounds like they actually spend a little less per student there than they do in the rest of the state. And that's kind of unusual for a city school. And it yeah. sounded like the teacher salary is maybe up there pretty decent. So it's more buildings and stuff like that. That's the mm -hmm. problem. Yeah, most of what I saw was infrastructure wise. So anyway, good luck in those people and getting that resolved. Hope everything for, works out well for as many people as possible. Both for us, for our football enjoyment and for the more important overall issues there. Okay, moving on to Division 4. In Region 14, exactly 13 winners out of 26 teams, so exactly half. St. Mary's, who just moved down from Division 3, took a win in their Week 1 game. So did Van Wert, looking good to return to a state championship game, maybe. Ben Logan and Wasion also. So there's your early winners in that region. We had Brian Kenton, Lima Bath, and Napoleon. 
take an early loss. They're going to need to come on here this week, preferably get 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 on the board early. Mm-hmm. Tough to start zero two, I tell you. Yeah, sure is. Moving down south, Region sixteen, fourteen winners out of twenty five teams. Looking a little, uh, at least from week one, looks like a uh, talented region, shall we say? Okay. Uh, one winner, Saint. Yep. One winner, Saint Paris Graham. Another one, Urbana. Graham, I actually got to see a little bit of their win over West Jefferson because they play Minster this week, and I was able to peruse Watch some of the, the tape. Yes. Yeah. Personally, I have trouble telling much from tape. I'll see more when I see him in person this week. So I'm looking forward. I've never seen a game with uh, Graham before. Looking forward to the that first time. That should be week. an interesting matchup for the Minster team. Their whole three divisions ahead of them. Yeah. Drew Pasteur has Graham as a five-point favorite, although this early in the season, that means not so much as it will later in the year. Right. Saw Minster this week, too. Offense look good. Defense going to need some work. I would say most everyone has something on their team that's going to need a little work after week one. Yeah. If anyone's ready week one, that is surprising. Moving down, Division 5. In Region 18, we have 28 teams, 15 winners, so more than half. And again, we expect this to be a difficult region before it's done. Coldwater, one of the winners here, along with Archbold, Liberty Center, Bluffton, Delta, and Liberty Benton. That just sounds like some good football teams, historically speaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, our first back team here reminds me, I came across an interesting stat about them here. We do love interesting stats here. MAC teams went seven and three in the first week. That's not interesting. They almost always go about seven and three. I think over the last 14 years, their winning percentage is something like 68%. So they usually go about seven and three in week one. Nothing special there. But I just happened to look at their opponents this coming week. All 10 MAC teams play opponents this week who won their week one game. Every one of their opponents is 1-0 and this week, which means they're going to have a harder time winning seven games this week for one. And two, if they do, there ought to be a lot of computer points there. Yeah, no kidding. should be interesting to see how the next week turns out. Now, if I was ambitious, I would have checked every other conference in the state and see if that happened anywhere. But that sounds like a lot of work. So, And you know my theory on that. You tend to not enjoy lots of work. (laughs) Unless it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. I'm guessing this one felt like work. This one felt like work. Heading down to the southwest section of the state in Division 5. 26 teams there. 16 winners. Well over half in that one. Ooh. Um, the ones we're following, Preble Shawnee, Jamestown Greenview, and Milton Union. So good start for those three teams. We're not following near as many as usual. As you saw before, some teams like Coldwater moved up to north to Region 18. There's a lot of Cincinnati and Dayton teams in Region 20 that we don't follow. So you know, jumping. go, go yeah. Preble Shawnee, Greenview, and Milton Union. Take out those city boys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Division 6, Region 22. 27 teams, 16 winners. That could be your 16 playoff teams right there. Sure could. I would bet money it's not, but it could be. And some of the teams we follow there, Patrick Henry. That's a playoff contender most years. It's a big one. Columbus Grove, uh, Metamora Evergreen, and Wayne Trace. 
Ooh, I've got one more side note here, Rebecca. Yeah, I've, I see there's a little little asterisk here. But we need to talk yeah. about something. We sent my wife, Deb, out to do a little field research this Friday. Uh, yes, our chief marketing officer. Yes. She was talking to people that she thought would be interested in this podcast. And she came up with a uh, startling revelation, so to speak. <laughs> I have a guess. It turns out that she discovered that people who would be our target audience, many of them not only don't know how to download a podcast, but they don't want to learn how. <laughs> <laughs> I guessed on the did not know how, but the, the no desire to learn is interesting. I believe she came across the term newfangled technology. I was about to say newfangled. <laughs> it's only been around for a decade or two. This goes to show you, Rebecca, your grandfathers are both They're... miles ahead of some of their people in technology. Oh, yes. I knew that already, but just a nice confirmation there. I'm not sure what we're going to do about that, if that takes in a one-by-one -one training sessions, or we just have to hope that these people come around eventually. You can't ignore podcasts forever, can you? You can. No, you, you can. very much can. I know some radios have started just airing podcasts in their radio time, but maybe yeah. that's how we need to go about it. Just market it as a recorded radio show. It could be. I know some radio shows that started getting shown on cable television. They found it easier just to stick a, a camera in the radio booth and voila, instant TV show. I'm going to lean against us publishing videos for these. I'm actually wholeheartedly in your camp on that issue. A, someone, namely you, would have to edit the videos. And I hear that's a, annoying to line up the sounds, or it can be. And B, I would not be able to roll straight out of my work clothes and plop in front of the camera. I'd want to, like, put makeup on and brush my hair. Oof. And some days you just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> some days work is just too difficult. Fixing all those monster GE aircraft engines or whatever. Some right? days. I mean, today it wasn't. Today was a work picnic. So I was out in the sun playing volleyball and socializing. But that's tiring in its own right. But anyway, somehow, hopefully we can get the people who like our podcast content to listen to the podcast. But until then, we should just keep making it. All right. Oh, and I was going to do that. Dang. <laughs> Maybe next week. I've been planning to count our podcasts just in case we're reaching some kind of milestone. It's, we, we have to be closing in on like 50. And when we have milestones every year, it's just not numerical milestones. They're seasonal milestones. I want the total. We'll see if we get to a nice sure. big number sometime. The question there is, do you count all the ones we've made or all the ones that you're paying to host on the website? Because I know some of them have been taken down. I'm going to try to do all the ones we made. That's a few of the early sad attempts, but they were out yeah. there. <laughs> Homework for me for next week, maybe believe we're moving on to the rest of Division 6? Absolutely. Region 23, which we talked about extensively last week because the only team we follow was West Jefferson. Uh, West Jefferson was a loser this week. They lost to Graham, so I saw a little bit of that game. But only 12 winners out of 26 teams, still room in the playoffs there. So West Jefferson needs to win a few games this year. They'll be right back in contention. On to Region 24. Listen to this one. Nine winners out of 25 teams. Oh, boy. 
there's room there, but boy, that's not a great start. The funny part is when you listen to the winners, this sounds like a very good region. So I guess it's top heavy. The winners this week, Marion Local, Versailles, Anna, Allen East, and Tri-Village. Marion Local, by the way, and Versailles ranked number one in this region. That's what happens when you're a Division VI team and you defeat a Division III team. Oh, yeah. Did you say both Marion Local and Versailles are number one? Yep. They've got equal points? Equal points. Marion Local beat Wapakoneta in Division Three. Versailles beat Salina in Division Three. Ah. That is our first number one seeds in any region that we're following so far. So congratulations to those two. There'll be a few more coming as we move down. Speaking of which... Division 7, our smallest division, Region 26, 30 teams there, only 13 winners. Usually when you get to Division 7, you start getting a little under 500 because those teams don't have anyone in a smaller division they can play. They can only play bigger schools of their own. They can only punch up, yep. Yep. So 13 out of 30, not that bad, really. Lima Central Catholic, one of the winners. They are also number one. They also defeated a Division Three team. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm drawing a blank. It was a Lima school from the WBL. I don't remember which one. Lima Bath, maybe? I'm actually not that surprised. LCC has been kind of a powerhouse off and on for as long as I've been paying attention to football. Yep, that is right. They're actually considered one of the favorites in Division Seven this year. So, Not surprised. <sighs> Also winning, and it's a long list here. Like I said, this may be our most popular region. Uh, Macomb, Arlington, Convoy Crestview, Antwerp, Delphi St. John's with a big victory in the Battle of Delphus over Delphus Jefferson. So the glory of Delphus belongs to St. John's. <laughs> On a brand new, if I recall right, artificial turf field, by the way. Mm. It might have been new last year. I'm not sure. I'd still call that pretty brand new. Still pretty brand new. Edgerton got a win. Hardin Northern with a win. Ridgemont and Waynesfield Goshen. Lots of winners were tracking in that region. Oh, and this region reminds me of several other things, Rebecca. (laughs) Does it now? Yes, it does. (laughs) I see Convoy Crestview on our win list. As I tend to do, I... Saw their game against Parkway this week because it was on WOSN, which is we're very fortunate to have that station around here and their parent station, WTLW. You can see all kinds of high school football games. They are not a sponsor. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I thought we found our, our fake sponsor for the week there for I a second. Should. We probably should, but <laughs> lots of games. there. I hear they just merged with a defiant station, so we'll see more games from farther up north. Mm, nice. Part of that is for the second year in a row, Deb and I accidentally found and watched the Henry County Tomato Festival Parade <laughs> on one of those stations. They broadcast the parade? Yes. That's pretty fun. I, I just found out it's the Tomato Festival Parade. I always thought it was just the Henry County Fair Parade. So apparently it's a, two things here. <laughs> I tell you, there was a queen candidate from every township in that county. And they just kept rolling in. I don't know how many townships are in that county, but there was a ton of them. And then there was a rabbit queen and there was a lamb queen and there was a pork king and a pork queen and there was a beef king and a beef queen. I mean, 
There was more you, royalty there than they had at the Congress of Vienna. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> now you have to tell us what the Congress of Vienna is. I did look that one up because I was standing in line at the Weird Al concert. And I got this message that just said, look up Congress of Vienna for podcasts. And that was just the wildest shot in the dark. Well, I was counting on you to have done that. You are the chief researcher. I did. I did. That one needed a Google. So for you poor, confused listeners who are blindsided as I was last night, the Congress of Vienna was a meeting that happened in Vienna at the end of the French war of some sort it had something to do with napoleon bonaparte and getting rid of him i didn't read it in detail i apologize on that one yes it was basically the reorganization of europe after napoleon's defeat yeah and also they use that time to it was a good time to get rid of all that stuff left over from like the french revolution all that anti-royalty revolutionary stuff you know and uh, put a lot of kings and princes back in charge of things oh Good. Great. Because monarchies always work out so well. Well, that was the original thought that, boy, that maybe wasn't such a good thing. But more modern historians, including Henry Kissinger, who did like his doctoral thesis on it, talked about how it was actually a treaty that kept mostly the peace in Europe for 100 years, which is a pretty rare thing. So maybe they I will say having, <laughs> having decentralized power structures in a nation and time when mass communication and quick travel isn't possible is better than an empire. <laughs> Just don't know if monarchies are the way to do it. But thankfully, or not thankfully, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like maybe it'd be better to be back in that time. No, no, it's worse. No, it's I don't definitely think so. worse. No. Thankfully, we don't live then anymore. And as to a previous comment... There are 13 townships in Henry County. 13 towns. No wonder those queens never stopped, I tell you. <laughs> and they finished their parade on the horse racing track at the fairgrounds, and it had just rained a, fort, a bunch. So oh. it was all muddy. And so oh, all no. these girls in their long, fancy dresses had to get out of cars and walk through the mud to get up to wherever they go to to await the announcement of the Tomato <laughs> Festival Queen, which I don't think happened while we were still on the air. Okay. I think that happens later. But uh, <laughs> how could you deal with the suspense? <laughs> queens and twirlers and politicians, I tell you, and old fire trucks. It was. A <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share about the coverage you've seen on WOSN recently? Well, I'm kind of feeling bad. Monday was they were showing the championship game of the Wren Wiffle Ball tournament. Uh huh. And that's something I've watched the last couple of years. I missed it this year. I'm hoping for a rerun sometime soon. You... I will say, I thought that was the only televised wiffle ball tournament in the area. But I found out when I was in Indiana, I was forced to watch television because we weren't doing anything else at the time. They were broadcasting a wiffle ball tournament on ESPN, The Ocho. The Ocho. So it's picking up popularity. <laughs> well, I tell you, that is a... Uh... If you've never seen the Wren Wiffle Ball Tournament, it is quite the production. That town gets behind it, I tell you. Mm-hmm. I love it at the end. They have these big uh, confetti cannons, and they basically cover the field. I, they don't use that much confetti at the Super Bowl, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and then locally, I actually missed out on the new Bremen Bremen Fest this weekend. It was, it was right there. You couldn't walk outside and go a mile down the road. I was thinking I could have taken my 
electric pedal assist bicycle and been right there, but I was busy working on computer points. So I, these I are the things down. dad gives up for this podcast. The <laughs> listeners are surely intrigued and fascinated, but probably want us to keep moving on with division seven. All righty. We have kept the region 28 fans in suspense long enough. Mechanicsburg fans are about to protest. Yes. 28 teams in this region or no. Oh. Excuse me, 25 teams in this region, only 10 winners, but that's partly because only 20 of those 25 teams played. Two of the teams may not play all year. And according to the schedule, Bradford has one game scheduled. I have a hard time believing they're playing that one game. Yeah, that seems unlikely. That's against Covington in week three. We're wondering if it's a JV game that's been reported to the state wrong or not, but we shall see. Our winners, Mechanicsburg. And New Bremen, who are both ranked number one in the state. Excuse me. They are both ranked number one in the region. They both defeated Division Four teams. So that gets you ranked number one in Division Seven quite often. It sure will. Our good friends from South Charleston Southeastern, the Double Southerners. The Double Southerners? <laughs> the Double Southerners. All righty. St. Henry. St. Henry and Sonia. Fort Laramie and Sydney Lehman all with wins. And then we'll give Bradford and Cedarville the did not play. So that means they didn't lose. It's true. Bradford's not going to play enough to make the playoffs anyway, but Cedarville does have a full schedule the rest of the year. So don't count Cedarville out. And you know what that leaves us with, Rebecca? The eight-man teams. The eight-man teams who for some reason decided to start their season next week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Are they doing a full 10-game season with only six teams in their region? In their They are division? doing, let me think. I'm going to confirm this. Oops, never mind. Um, <laughs> Oops. Oops. I'll be right back. And now we wait in suspense as the data from the secondary computer is consulted. Whatever shall the data be, we may never know. As we wait for the data, the wild Jasper crosses my lap and tries to investigate the cubby where I keep his snacks. He is disappointed. They have been sealed. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an intriguing question, which is almost hard to answer. They are playing a nine-game regular season, and then the five of the six Ohio eight-man teams who are in the Northern Eight Conference, along with the Indiana School, the uh, King's Crusaders. The King's Crusaders. During the first week of our play of the football playoffs for the 11-man teams, they have their own conference playoff, so to speak. The fifth and sixth place team will play each other in a 10th game. Then number one will play four and number two will play three in a sort of playoff format. And then the next week, those two winners will play each other for the conference title. So nine games, regular season. And then they all get a guaranteed 10th game afterwards. So they're all going to get 10 games. But the first one's part of a playoff. Gotcha. Oh, and by the way, the Kings Crusaders, being in Indiana, did not go along with this taking this week off. And they played this week, and they won. So they're ahead of everyone right now. Hey, there you go. And that pretty much wraps up this week. Next week, we can worry about more than just who won or lost. We'll start seeing teams that have wins against teams that won their other game move up in the rankings. We'll get a little differentiation. Week three, we'll get a little more. But anyway, we'll get some actual numbers to throw out next week. That'll be fun. 
Yes, at least for me. Maybe not for the listeners, but it'll no, be it'll it'll make the podcast a bit longer and <laughs> slightly less engaging if you're not numbers inclined. But so I'll try to keep them down to a minimum. But whether that means fewer or greater numbers of um, side stories, we have yet to find out. Yes, but, but remember, if you do like numbers and you want more of them, do a little search. Search Bruce Monin's computer points you can find my web page you can find all the numbers there for every region of the state for every team of course if you want it quicker and better you go to see joe idol's website joeidol.com that's not how you market yourself dad no it's not but it is how you get good statistical information yes i steal a lot from joe idol so <laughs> And if you want to contribute to our side conversations or have a question that you think we can answer, you can send those comments or questions to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net, or you can submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. And please, please learn how to download a podcast and subscribe to us. And maybe convince your relatives that podcasts are useful and nice to listen to and aren't scary newfangled technology. I mean, usually I put a link on the Twitter feed. and You, other, you think they're using Twitter. And other various social media. Should we put a, a post in the newspaper? I've tried. The sports editor, I believe, keeps editing it out of my article. <laughs> <laughs> How are we supposed to reach the less technologically inclined masses then? <laughs> So maybe next week I'll try to slip one past it again. <laughs> I'll give up eventually. But until that time, this should be available to you sometime Thursday, I would think. Week two will be just beginning then. Enjoy that next week of the football season and look forward to hearing about the computer points implications right here on Bruce Bonin's Computer Point. So long, Rebecca. <laughs> so long, Dad. <laughs>